So I got a question for you. How many of you like to go on vacation? It's okay to raise your hand. Some of you are like, I kind of want to, but I don't know if I can raise my hand. How many like to go on vacation? Yeah, vacation is a good time, right? Well, what's so good about vacation? Vacation is, is fun because we're not working, we're, we're not at home, and it's just a good time to be away, right? You, you kind of get, get to check out, you do some things you don't normally get to do, so vacation is a good time. Now, when you go on vacation, how many of you enjoy camping for vacation? Some of, some of you out there are like, man, camping is a great way to go camping, all right? Some of you are like, ah, I'm not sure about it. Uh, some of you are saying, yep, my idea of camping is a, is a four-star hotel instead of a five-star hotel. So you know, there's, there's different people that have different ideas. So while we're talking about camping, I, I'm, have you guys seen those campers that they have? They call them campers now? Have you seen what campers look like now? I mean, they, they're not campers anymore. It, and they used to be called like motorhomes, RVs. They're, they're not RVs or motorhomes now. They're, they're like motorized mansions. I mean, some of these things you see coming down the street, I'm like, that's bigger than my house. And they have slide outs and you've got king size beds and there's full bedrooms and dressers and drawers and there's entertainment centers and then you've got an entertainment center on the outside and you've got a, you've got a kitchen on the outside and you've got a kitchen on the inside and you've got a kitchen on the top and a kitchen in the front and they've got, they're just, it, it's, not really, it's not really a camper, it's, it's like taking your home with you. And um, so when I ask you about camping... I would really like to know how many of you like to tent camp when you go on vacation. Why are there no hands going up? There's only a few hands going up. Not too many people like to tent camp. I don't, I don't understand why. Why you wouldn't want to sleep. How many of you have actually tent camped before? All of you people have done it and nobody, nobody enjoys doing it. So why do we do it? There's the question, right? Because mom and dad made me. I don't know. But let's talk about tent camping for a minute. Why don't we like to tent camp? We, we, uh, you know, tent makers now have, have done us some favors over the years. They've made them a little bit bigger. Now you can get like a, like a two-bedroom tent now, so you can throw the kids over in the little side, and you can have the big side. Um, and so they're trying to, uh, tents still have not made it to where campers have made it. I think we're a few years away from that. But, but when you're tent camping, it's just there's it's just so much work, right? I mean, you got to set the thing up. Some of those some tents now, you almost have to have a an engineering degree to be able to figure out how those poles get together and where the slots are in the tent to to hold them up and to keep them in place. And 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 then tent makers have now made those things they call rain hoods, so it, like it goes over the tent to keep the rain off the tent. Um, but here's the genius part of that. Where does the water go? The water doesn't go to the next campsite. The water goes to the bottom of the tent, right? And the water at the bottom of the tent comes up through the bottom of the tent, right? So it doesn't come right on top of your head. It comes up from the, from the bottom. Have you ever actually tent camped and not got soaked? That would be an interesting question to watch, to ask. Because almost every time I've went tent camping in my life, for some reason or another, it's decided to be monsoon season. And so there's this big, 
there's this big rain gush. And so you're sitting there saying, oh, this is fun. And, and what do you cook on? When you're tent camping, what do you cook on? A fire, right? What, what do we know about fire and water? They, they don't often go well together, right? One wins. Usually it's the water. And so it's all of, the fun, all of this fun. Oh, yes, let's go. Let's cook over an open fire. Let's sleep in a tent. Like, yes, yes, and let's all go. It's going to be. And it's, it's really not all that fun, right? It's, it's funny because we started from almost everyone raising their hand to go on vacation to I think I had like two people say they actually like to tent camp. Why is it that we don't like tents? Because they're really not that protective. And, and even if you do, even if I would say those, those two or three people that raised their hand said they like to tent camp, if I were to ask them individually if they would like to live their entire life in a tent, probably they would say no. I'm okay going away for a few days, sleeping in a tent. It's kind of fun. It, does anybody ever get any sleep when you're in a tent? I, I have tent camp. I don't sleep. I don't get any sleep. Because you hear everything that's going on around and everything when you're tent camping is like, it's like a bear, right? It could be a squirrel. It sounds like a bear when you're trying to sleep at 2 o'clock in the morning in a tent. You see, Scripture talks to us about tents. I don't know if you knew that or not. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says this. And I, I would like you to turn in your Bible. If you haven't, we have some on the back table. Someone can help you get one. You probably, most of you probably have your computer and your desktop with you. You can just fire it up and uh, go to Bible Gateway or something like that. Pull out your phone, um, whatever you want to. But, but we're, um, we're going to look actually at Scripture. And I, so this is, the fun, this is the fun part. I wear glasses when I'm reading. Um, and like at my desk. I have some because the computers, my reading glasses make the computer fuzzy, but the computer's kind of fuzzy anyway. So, so like Costco has this thing called the multifunction glasses um, that I wear at work. Uh, I don't have either pair here with me today because I don't wear them very often. So I forget that I don't have them. So we're going we're gonna to make it through this, right? You love me. We're okay. Jesus loves me. So I might stumble a little bit reading and I might do this. I might have to catch up. My eyeballs might have to catch up with what I'm reading. But we're going to get through this, all right? We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that's when we die and leave this earthly body. We will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies. Like new clothing. For we will put on our heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So, we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please Him, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in 
this earthly body. So, what does Paul tell us about this, this body that we live in? What is it called? It's temporary, and it's called a tent. Right, I spent 20 minutes telling you about talking about tent camping. I thought at least more than one person would figure out that was the, that was the plan. <laughs> That's why I say give Rex another chance. But we're, we're in a tent. This is a, this is a tent. What, what I'm walking around in is a tent. And Paul says, one of these days, this tent is going to be gone. I'm going to shed it. I'm going to get rid of it. And I love Paul because Paul sometimes speaks like I would speak and like I would like to. Sometimes he speaks like I would like to speak and I'm not sure I should speak like that. But, but Paul says, we know that when this earthly tent passes away and is gone, parentheses, when you die, we're going to put on this earthly body. Now, why do I take time saying that? It's important for us to see that Paul makes that distinction because it's a very clear distinction. We're going to talk about living in a tent today. And we're going to have some fun talking about living in a tent. But it's important to remember that our life on earth, the entire thing, from birth to death, that whole span of time is all in a tent. There aren't parts that are in heaven and out of heaven. There aren't parts that are on earth and in heaven. The entire time we spend as human beings, we're living in a tent. Okay? So as we go through here, I want you to remember what we're talking about. So I, my, one of my daughters, uh, Abigail, and I used to like watching movies together. And one of the movies that we watch together a lot, and uh, she may say it's one of her, she probably would say it's one of her favorites, and it's one of my favorites for sure, is The Wizard of Oz. Um, I know you can, I know we can, we could debate the, the religiousness of the Wizard of Oz all day, um, but we're actually going to use the Wizard of Oz today as, a, as, as our story to help us understand what's going on. Now, I know most of the time when you talk about the Wizard of Oz, you talk about the characters of the Wizard of Oz, right? My favorite, the Scarecrow, if I only had a brain. I've, I've been hearing that from other people. If you only had a brain, Brian, I've been hearing that for a long time. Right? And then we have the Tin Man. So we hear about the characters. What you don't often hear when you look at the story of the Wizard of Oz is the places that they go. Right? There's four main places that are included in the Wizard of Oz, and we're going to take three of them to begin with, and we're going to end with number four. All right? So let's look at this. As we go through our Christian life, living in a tent, the first place that we're going to talk about is... The forest. All right? How many of you have seen The Wizard of Oz? If you haven't seen The Wizard of Oz, you might need some help with this sermon, but you'll be okay, right? So most of us have seen it. So the first place that we're going to talk about is the forest, right? The forest is where Dorothy meets her friends, right? She meets the scarecrow. She meets the cowardly lion. She meets the tin man. They, they meet in the forest. And then what happens in the forest in The Wizard of Oz? Good things or bad things? Bad things, right? I'm not sure if you've ever tried to get away from a flying monkey or not, but, but it seems like it would be stressful to me. I might be able to outrun a monkey if, like, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'll dodge him or something, but he's flying, I, I'm in trouble, right? And so there's all of these bad things that are going on in the forest. And, and the same is true for us in our lives, right? Sometimes we live in the forest, 
And Jesus says this, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. You're going to have trials and sorrows. As a, as a human being, there are going to be times in your life that just are terrible. There are going to be times when you face illness. There are going to be times when you have people that you love and people that you're close to when they're going to struggle with illness and you're going to actually watch them leave and they're going to pass away and that's going to cause you pain and that's going to cause you hurt. There are going to be times when you struggle in your job. There are going to be times when inflation is going to get crazy and there are going to be times when you, try and, when you struggle to try and pay your bills and find it. There are going to be, Jesus says, it's not an if, it's not a maybe, it's not a, well, it might happen, it's a guarantee. In this world, you are going to face many trials and sorrows. Anybody in here face trials and sorrows? What does that do to us inside of our spirit? Does that that encourage us? Does it make us stronger? Good for your kid. Builds character. Right? Life in the forest is tough. Think about, think about these fine folks. In, in uh, Dorothy and the Tin Man and Scarecrow find what they think would be helpful in the forest, right? I mean, if you're walking through a forest and you're facing things that scare you, finding a lion would be kind of, you would feel like it's beneficial to you, especially if the lion is on your side. Now, if the lion is trying to get you, that's probably not on your side. But if the lion is on your side, that's probably helpful. But we find this lion that doesn't have courage. So we've got all of these people in this forest facing all of these dire consequences, and they're scared. And they're frustrated. And it gets in their way, right? I want you to think right now. Just take a couple minutes. Has God put you through a forest? Anyone in here walk through a forest? Maybe you're walking through a forest right now. I don't know. I think all of us at, at times in our lives feel like we're in a forest. And, and I think sometimes what happens is sometimes we think we're in a forest and then things get worse. Anyone ever been there? Anyone ever been up with that? You're like, you're like, man, it doesn't get much worse than this. And then it does. We have, we have friends from, from Toledo that uh, within two weeks lost his mom and her dad both struggled with cancer and lost their battle with cancer within two weeks. Man, that's tough. And they're not the only people that have gone through that. There's, there's pain there, right? There's, there's hurt there. There's fear there in the forest. The forest isn't really a place that we want to be because I don't like it. I want to get out, right? I want to follow the yellow brick road and find somewhere to get out of here. But it's not just the forest. It's not the only location that we hear about in the Wizard of Oz, right? There, there are others. There's also the poppy fields, right? What happens in the poppy fields to, to, our, to our fun-loving people trying to get to the, follow the yellow brick road while they're going through the poppy field? What happens? They fall asleep. And, and the witch, with all of her beautiful voice, helps them fall asleep, right? 
Sleep, my pretty, sleep. Puppies, oh. Right? So they do. I mean, if the witch tells you to sleep, you might as well. Right? Now, we're not having a, we're not having a discussion on op the opiate problem today, if you're wondering why I have poppy fields up there. But they fall asleep, right? They, they, they go to sleep. You ever feel like what you're doing in this world doesn't matter, so you quit? You ever feel like you've, you've tried to serve the Lord, you've tried to speak to people, you've tried to share the gospel, you've tried to be a better person, you've, you've tried to battle, you've battled with sin and, and you've lost your battle with sin over and over again, or you've tried to do this, or you've tried to do that, and you've tried to accomplish this, you've wanted to accomplish that, you've wanted to grow in this, and it doesn't happen, and you just get to a point where you say, I'd try to. I quit. I'm done. That's it. And we check out. And I'm not speaking specifically about suicide. Sometimes we just check out, right? We just like, I, I, I'm just not going to do that anymore. Some of us, some of us have given up on church for periods of time, right? What does I mean? Really, what does church do for me? I come. I sing a couple songs, I listen to some dude talk for a little bit, then I go home. I really can do that at home, and I can sing as loud as I want to if I'm watching it on TV, or whatever it might be, or I might be able to do something else. Maybe I'll just flip open the Bible. Sometimes we read the Bible and it doesn't make sense, so what do we do with it? We put it down, right? Just quit. We just go to sleep. We enter the poppy fields, and we lay down and we say, oh, this is kind of comfy. Oh, I kind of like this. Okay. Let's just go to sleep. Let's just quit. Right? Anybody, anybody in here? You don't have to raise your hand, but anybody in here ever been, been through that? You've been like, ah, this whole church thing, this whole God thing? Uh, I don't really see the benefit. Why? Let's quit. Let's give up. I think most of us, I can tell you, I will be honest with you, there have been times in my life, and I, I went to school, I, went to, I cut my teeth on the back of a church pew, I went to Bible college to become a pastor, I still preach, but there have been times in my life where I've checked out of church. I mean, checked out, I just, I just didn't go. I still had a love for the Lord, but man, that really took a hit, and that was really a struggle. Sometimes we just check out, right? Sometimes we enter the poppy fields, and we just kind of give up. I don't know, maybe you're there today. Maybe, maybe you're in that place in life right now where you're like, eh, it doesn't really matter. It's not really going to accomplish anything. It's not making my life any better. It's not making anybody else's life any better. I'm not really gaining anything. I'm not going to lose anything by not going to church. By, by, I'm not going to lose anything by not reading scripture. I can, I can just pretty much function the way I want to. I don't check out. Maybe that's you. I don't know. Maybe it is. But there's one more place, one more location I want to talk about in the story, and that's the Emerald City. The Emerald City is cool, right? I mean, they have a horse that changes colors, for crying out loud. How can you not love a city that has a horse that changes colors? My horse has only changed color from what they are to mud. And we've had plenty of mud lately, so they've had plenty of it, so they've been changing plenty. And what else happens in the Emerald City? The tin man lays down, he gets buffed out, right? He gets that, they, woo, woo, they get that, that cleaned up feel. The scarecrow gets restuffed. 
The lion gets a nice trim of his mane. They comb him out nice, brush him out. And a little bit, bit of blow drying and stuff. So now he looks all now he looks all cool because now he's out of the forest. And, he's, and life is good, right? I mean, when they're in the Emerald City, life is good. The lollipop guild tells them they want them to live there forever. We'll figure out a way to make you fit in our little area here with these, with these munchkins because you don't fit, but we'll find a way. And so everything is good in the Emerald City. Why would you want to go anywhere else if you're in the Emerald City, right? Sometimes we find ourselves in that too. We, we, we sometimes as Christians focus on how bad life can be, but sometimes life is good, right? Sometimes the bills are all being paid. Sometimes our family isn't sick. Sometimes we're not in the middle of a crisis. Sometimes we're getting promotions, and sometimes we're being lifted up, and, and sometimes life is going really good, right? There are, we've all experienced those times. And how does our relationship with the Lord happen and grow in those times when life is going good? It usually doesn't grow a whole lot, does it? Why? You see this verse that I have up there? It's not actually John 15, 19. Um, that's, a, that's operator error. That's why they usually don't let me do too much with computers. Um, but look at this verse. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, why would I mention that when I'm talking about the Emerald City? See, when life is going good for you, it's difficult to admit your need for God. Isn't it? I mean, things are going really good for you. Think about how much you actually spend time in the Word and how much time you spend just kind of functioning, going because things are going good. So you're going from work to, to friends to family. All the bills are paid, so you're having fun. You're doing it. You're being entertained. And, and God kind of takes a little bit of a back seat because ah, I don't want you to go too far away because I might need you in a little bit. But right now, for right now, how about you just sit back there for a little bit. Let me just enjoy life. I'm just going to relax. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go through life and enjoy all the blessings, right? So have you ever been there? I think, I think most of us would. If we, were, if we were honest, we would say there are times in our life when things have went really good. Let me ask you a question. Through the whole, the whole show, from the time the cyclone hits, Dorothy has one goal. One thing she wants through that whole movie. What is it? I just want to go home. Okay, I'll go through the I'll go through the forest. Okay, I'll take a break in the pot. Okay, yeah, this is cool. I like this. I love the Emerald City. It's nice of you, Lollipop Guild, to be nice to me. But I just want to go home. And going back to our message from Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says, we know that when this earthly tent that we're in goes away, we're going to be given a building that's built by God's hands that's going to last forever. Now I want to go back through those passages that we went through, and I want to go back through the locations, and I want to now give you how they fit in the kingdom. And how they fit with home. Remember, in the forest, living in the tent, the forest is, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have trials. You're going to have sorrows. You know what happens in the building? 
as it relates to the forest. But take heart. Because I have overcome the world. Jesus says, you're going to have struggles, but don't worry about it. Because someday they're going to be gone. Now, let's go back to the beginning of the message. What time do we spend in the tent that relates to our life? The entirety of our existence on earth is spent in a tent. Whether it's the forest where it's scary and dark and there's trials and there's sorrows and I want to give up, in the forest, my life is temporary, right? The te- I'm in the tent. So when we look at the forest and we see there's all of these struggles, when I look at all the sorrows, when, when I'm in that place where I'm struggling, where, where I'm fearful, any, I, I don't know, maybe anybody fearful? Anybody, anybody tired of death? Anybody tired of sickness? Anybody want to get rid of cancer? All of us would say yes. All of that time that we spend in the forest, we're really just in a tent in the forest. And the tent is temporary, right? It doesn't last forever. Man, does it hurt? Hey, yes, it does. Do I like it in the forest? Nope. Do I enjoy the struggles that I have to face? Do I wake up in the morning and say, man, I hope God gives me a tough day today because that would really make me enjoy? Nope. I don't like the forest. But the forest is, the forest in the tent is temporary. When this tent is put aside, that's when we die, we receive a building that's built by God's hands. Our sermon series has been on, we're, we're going on a journey, right? Rex and, Rex and I are taking you on a journey as we go through this sermon series. And we started with, the journey is going to be slow, right? Rex said in his first sermon in the series, let's stay slow and steady. Let's not run ahead, let's not rush It's not like you're trying to get to your destination right now and you're trying to beat Google by 10 minutes. We're not rushing, we're taking time, right? And then the next week we talked about the fact that we have to have a guide. And who is our guide? Our guide is the Lord, right? We want God to be in charge. We want God to be directing our steps. Today we're talking about the destination. Because if we're going to go on a journey, we have to have a destination, right? If you're not heading to a destination, it's not a journey, it's a wandering right? And our destination is where? It's the same as Dorothy's. It's home. You see, everything that we experience here on this earth is temporary. It's in a tent. I don't know about you today. I don't know where you're at. I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what you're facing today. Maybe, maybe today you are in the forest. But there's a good chance that maybe you're in the poppy fields today. Maybe you've checked out and maybe you said, ah, 
I'm just going to sit here and rest for a little bit. If you do that, though, listen to this. At just the right time, we're going to reap a harvest of blessing. How? If we don't give up. You see, when we feel like what we're doing doesn't matter and we want to give up, we want to just check out, we want to say, it's not worth it. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to try and help that person. I'm not going to pray for that person. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to sing those stupid songs. I'm not going to read that stupid Bible. I don't understand it anyway. When we get to that point and we say, I'm just going to check out, we're told you get the blessing if you don't give up. Stay in the fight. Keep working on your relationship. Even if it feels like you're stagnant, keep working. Keep going to church. Keep reading the word. Keep spending time in prayer. Keep spending time in worship because that's how we get there. That's how we get to the blessing, right? How many want the blessing? Anybody want the blessing? We get the blessing if we don't give up, right? At some point, we're going to reap our harvest. When do we reap our harvest? When we die. When the tent is shed, when the tent is set aside, that is when we die, that's when we get these blessings. God never promised us blessings on earth. He's, he gives them, right? All of us have been blessed, but he never said, if you'll be a really good person, your life will be fantastic forever. He just didn't say it. He said there's going to be time. He's the one that said you're going to struggle. He's the one that said... Don't give up. You'll get a blessing if you don't give up, right? So maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe, maybe you're trying not to check out. Hang in there. That's, what, that's why we come to church. I, I can tell you, I love coming to church, especially at True North, because when I come to church at True North, I always leave blessed. There are people here that when I see their face, when I get their hug, I'm like, oh, man, I can make it another, I can make it another six days, another seven days. It's almost like my shot in the arm for the week because that's my blessing, right? That's how I get through. Don't check out. Don't don't get stuck in the poppy fields. And then the same is true. This This is what Jesus says about living in the Emerald City. Whatever is good and perfect is actually a gift from God. All those things that are happening in the Emerald City, while you're in there, while, while your tin is being polished, and while your, hay, while, your, while your straw is being restuffed, and while your mane is being trimmed, while all of that is going on, while you're experiencing the joy of the Lord, and life is great, and you're walking around with a smile on your face, and, and life can't get any better, while all of that is going on, remember that you're still in the tent. Because sometimes when things are going good, we're like, okay, let's just stay here. Let, let's not go anywhere. Let's not do anything different. And we, we kind of feel like we, we figured it out, right? Remember Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration? He's there. James and John are there. Jesus is there. And then all of a sudden Moses and Elijah to show up. They show up. And what does Peter say? Hey, this is great. Let's stay here forever. We got, we got, I got Jesus. I got Moses, I got Elijah. Oh, dude, this is it. Nope. No, no. No, you're in a tent. The tent is temporary. The tent doesn't last forever. We don't take the tent with us to heaven. 
As we leave this world and enter the next life, we shed the tent. And we pick up the building. And we enter the building. That's the reason that I chose Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 21, verses 22 through 26. Look at this. Matt read it for you earlier. But look at this. I saw no temple in the city. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. Let's just stop right there and think about that for a minute. While we're in the tent... In the forest, it's dark and it's scary. We're in the poppy fields. We don't even feel like we're alive. And when we're in the Emerald City, we're all, life is so good. We're, we're just lost in how good life is. But as good as all of that might be, and as, struggle, as much of a struggle as all of it might be, look at what Revelation tells us. There's no temple they don't need one. Why? Because the presence of the Lord fills the place. <laughs> the beauty of heaven is that we're going to be in the presence, in the actual presence of God. There's, there's no need for light. There's no, there aren't any electrical wires in heaven. There's no power plants. There's nothing like that. And it's not because we don't need light. It's because the light comes from the Father. <laughs> the glory of the Lord, think about that. The glory of the Lord is so amazingly brilliant. That it's going to fill the entire city of heaven. You've probably heard the beginning of Revelation 21. It's often used at funerals. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth because the old heaven and the old earth had passed away. Right? You, you've heard that. But then look at this. The cool part about it is God does everything for us in heaven. He lights up the place. There's no temple you have to enter. You don't have to go to some special place. You're actually in the very presence of God. That's being home. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, we groan inside. What we're groaning for is to be in the presence of God. The problem with hell is not the fire and the brimstone and the gnashing of teeth. That's just a symptom of the problem. The problem is God is not there and God never will be there. And you'll have no hope. And there'll be nothing to look forward to. Except evil for the rest of your life. For the rest of your eternity. When we shed this tent, we're going to enter a building. The nations will walk in its light. Entire na Think about this. Entire nations are going to walk in the light of God. It's so bright. We can bring the nations in to walk. There's no sun. And then, <laughs> and then he says this. Its gates will never be closed. Why? 
Because there's no night. And there's no badness to keep out. Why do you lock your doors at night? Why do you lock the doors on your car? Because you don't want some evil person to break in and steal or harm you, right? There's no, you don't have to worry about that in heaven because, and they don't even have to close the gates. So you can come and go as you want to because there's not even the chance. There, there isn't even a hint of evil there. There's, there's not even a chance that something can go wrong. There's, they, nothing can happen. Nothing bad can get to you when you get to heaven. I mean, is, isn't that something cool to hold on to? Isn't that exciting? If you're, if you're going to think about a place called home, doesn't that sound like a pretty good home to go to? Satan's number one tool. The thing he uses best. And he's the most successful with. Is getting our focus off of home and onto the world. If Satan can get us to forget that we have someplace better to go, he wins. We make heaven and hell complicated. We make following Jesus and not following We make it complicated. Really, it's simple. We're heading home. We're going where our heart wants to be. As the worship team comes forward, we're going to sing a song that's one of my favorites. Uh, and I one time asked my grandfather what his favorite hymn was, and it was actually How Great Thou Art. Um, But I want you to, as we sing this song, I want you to think about how easy it is for Satan to get you to think about the forest or to think about resting or to think about being in goodness and life going well. And how easily that diverts your attention from thinking about home. Not one time in the Wizard of Oz do you hear Dorothy say, hey, this is a pretty cool place, let's stay here. No matter where she was, if you asked her, and every time she said, I just want to go home. What, what if we as Christians lived that way? What if we lived our lives with that mentality? I just want to go home. While I'm here, if I have to go through the forest, I'll go through the forest. If I get stuck in the poppy, in the poppy fields, I'll make it out the other side. If, I'm, if I go through a time in my life when it's fantastic and it's great and I'm in the Emerald City, I'll enjoy it, but I'll remember that it's temporary because I'm just in a tent. I just want to go home. I just want to be with Jesus. I just want to stand before him. I just want to kneel at his feet and look up and see his beautiful face. I just want to go home. You see, I can go through anything that's thrown at me here. I'll make it. It may stink and I may not like it, but I can make it because I know it's not home. Do you have that kind of faith today? Do you believe that today? Because if you don't, I want you to.
how, how great thou art. How, how great thou art. Isn't God good? Isn't home going to be good? Church, we're going. We're headed there. Let's go home, and let's go home together. Let's pray. God, you're so good. And I don't even know what heaven's like. I, I read some things, I hear some things, but I don't know. I haven't been there. But man, I can't wait. Because, because when I'm there with you, that's me with you. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray.